Polywana Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. I'm Britt Vosicek. I'm the host of Polywana Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds, brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. Polly Wanna Podcast. Uh, thanks to HPO, Houston Polyamorous Organization, for sponsoring us, Mockingbird Network for hosting us, and Jay Walker Coaching for sponsoring this particular episode Ooh. in Jay Walker Coaching Studios, which is his closet. Yes. It's my it favorite. Is. It's like a, I don't know, actually, that mic you're using is pretty expensive. So it's, what? it's a reasonably professional mm-hmm. setup. Is that how you determine how professional it is or how expensive how, it is? How much money is put into it? Absolutely. Okay. And cool. we are we are soundproofed by all my clothes <laughs> on all sides of us, which have a net value of diddly squat. Mm. So, yeah. Diddly squat. That's exactly. a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to remind you about a show that we have coming up on January 25th. Um, this will probably be right before that. So, it'll be like this coming weekend for those of you that are listening when this airs. Um, and the show is a, it's called Love Mess Love Fest. It's an art and comedy and podcast show. So there's a gallery outside and then you come into the, or not outside in the hallway. And then you come into the performance area and we have comedy and music about polyamory. And then we're recording the live podcast, um, with a Q and a afterward. We'll talk to people about what they did for Valentine's day, um, with their partners and kind of delve into some stuff. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So please come to that so I can meet you and see you and shake your hand. And touch your ears. Um, probably not that second part. Oddly Sorry. specific. That's an invasion of space. Yeah, a little bit. I mean. <laughs> Today's Valentine's Day. It is. It I is forgot. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Today's Valentine's Day, guys. We didn't mention that at all in the last episode. But yeah. Today's Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. That's okay. That's fine. That's good. Happy we, Valentine's Day, We everybody. have immediately dated this, given that you're not going to put it out for, you know, like another two weeks. That's Okay. <laughs> on the last episode, we were saying it was like the day after the immigration ban or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I don't mind when that. You guys can know when I'm recording this. I don't give a shit. There's, I don't want you to have the illusion that I just once a week come into a closet. Like sometimes we record a few and then we release and record a few. Mm-hmm. It's a little insider knowledge mm-hmm. for the fans. Um, Yeah, I don't have any plans today. Yeah, I'm, I'm working. Yeah. Because I'm an adult. Sorry. <laughs> I did. So there's a partner that I keep breaking up with. And, uh, cause I, you know, patterns mm-hmm. and, um, so I, we both don't believe in holidays. Like I don't really celebrate any of that stuff, mm-hmm. but I was at a bookstore in college station on my way back from Austin and I found this book of poetry by someone from Houston. And so all of the poems were titled by the places in Houston that he was when he wrote them or experienced the thing he was writing about. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful. And this guy I'm dating is a poet. And I was like, Oh, he would love this, but we're not dating anymore, but I got it anyway. And I got him a book about, <laughs> so there's these like fights that we would have, you know, as couples do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll bring up the metaphor of the caterpillar and how like a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, but all of its composition is still a caterpillar. So you can do all the changing you want and become as beautiful as you want to be, but you're still a caterpillar in relationships and life and blah, 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 which is stupid. I hate it. <laughs> but um, I was about to say, that's, that's kind of a flawed metaphor. All right. I know. Sometimes I'll twist, you know, shit around. I'm like, mm. it's a beautiful metaphor for transformation. He's like, that's not really transformation. Okay. So I um got, I was going to get this little caterpillar book, but his kids really like, um or one of his kids was really fascinated by like the chrysalis stuff. And so I got this big, huge, beautiful caterpillar book for them. 
and this he didn't even we hadn't been talking for like days like we were broken up so I wrapped it in pink tissue paper and I like wrote him a really sweet card with like a poem on it and I left it on his porch and I was like happy fake I love you day <laughs> so that's what I did for Valentine's Day <laughs> I snuck up to his house at night when he was asleep and put it on his porch <laughs> oh man that's amazing yeah that's, that's true romanticism right there this is true vulnerability to be telling all of these strangers about that yeah yeah i'm really glad i could share that with you guys well i went for the first 24 years of my life not celebrating valentine's day quite deliberately mm. i might add because i think it's a horrible excuse for a holiday <laughs> otherwise known as singles awareness day and oh, that's uh cute. um and then i met my current partner and she totally ruined my 24-year combo and by the way i'm including uh the years like before i was even like eligible for dating so like years like one through i don't know 10 or so because <laughs> i held myself to a really high standard even as a toddler I was <laughs> like no smash the patriarchy and and capitalism and all that that's funny yep that is good yeah good good, good. <laughs> valentine's day feels um i'll let you know how it goes with that partner that i drop the stuff off with mm. um so speaking of valentine's day oh yeah this is kind of a good segue into that yeah i yeah because i feel like the only you know i don't want to say that i'm not judgmental about valentine's day i think it's dumb but if you celebrate <laughs> it you're not dumb you know i mean you might be dumb i'm sure there's some <laughs> you don't have to portion of that dumb. demographic that that are dumb so we don't want to we don't want to paint in broad strokes you could very well be dumb that's all we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm more dumb. But today we're going to talk about NRE and ERE. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this is a good topic um, for the holidays, mm-hmm. I feel, for the fake holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, so it's something that I mentioned that a lot of monogamous people that I hang out with don't know about, and mm-hmm. I have to explain it to them. So I think this is really good for a one-on-one because... Um, we use it a lot in polyamory mm-hmm. all the time. People are like, what do those letters mean? So um, tell me what those letters mean, Johnny. Oh, okay. Uh, so first of all, E-R-E used to be O-R-E, uh, mm. but we changed it because we don't really like the connotation of old. Uh, it makes it sound crusty and, and gross. Um, so N-R-E and E-R-E stand for New relationship energy and established relationship energy. I had never heard of ORE. Yeah, that was actually the more common term before the Houston crowd was like, nah, that, that sucks. We're going to change it to E because established. Oh. Established, it's more it's more dignified and it's less than old. stigmatized, right? It's yeah. not it's not like, ugh, old relationship energy. And it's, you don't have to be in an old relationship to get ERE either. Right, yeah. Absolutely not. Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of um, How cool. implications within old that I feel like are eradicated by using E instead or established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as to like what they are. So, I mean, they're they're pretty implicit, honestly. So new relationship energy is um, the energy you experience when you're in a new relationship and established relationship energy is the energy you experience with a partner when you're in an established relationship. Um and there are some pretty significant and key differences between the two. Generally speaking, NRE is this massive rush of pleasurable, pleasurable neurochemical 
reactions and dopamine rushes and um, you're just you're elated, otherwise known as puppy love or the honeymoon phase where your partner's perfect and can do no wrong and you're just gross. It's just disgusting to look at you when you're experiencing NRE. Um, whereas ERE is typically um, accompanied by a feeling of trust and familiarity with your partner. You've you've done all the groundwork and uh, and now what you have is a stable functioning relationship built on trust and mutual understanding. Um, so it may not be as exciting as NRE, but it's also not nearly as volatile, mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> volatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. NRE, I think, is more, um, like, that's something that I think monogamous people experience and know they're experiencing. Like, they're like, oh, I'm in this new relationship and it's great. They wouldn't refer to it as NRE, but, like, they know what's going on. I think ERE kind of gets sort of, like, brushed over as the absence of NRE. Right, you know? right. Rather than its own thing. Right, right. It's the honeymoon's over. You know, it's ERE is only ever in, I feel like, well, and not not necessarily only in monogamous culture, but I feel like, yeah, it's definitely only recognized by what it isn't. Mm-hmm. So, oh, our relationship is boring now. Mm-hmm. I um, don't feel that way I used to. I don't feel the spark. I don't feel the butterflies. Right. Like, yeah, good. Yeah. All the time. Go see the doctor. It's like. not a bad thing necessarily. <laughs> shit is exhausting like, <laughs> let's be real here it's it is exhausting being in nre all the time yeah oh my gosh when i get nre i i fucking lose it i like isolate myself into this like world where like everything is perfect and nothing goes wrong and mm-hmm. it really changes my perception of the world mm-hmm. and then i get out of it and i'm like oh okay where was i so what are nre and ere based on I mean, we've already kind of touched on that a little bit, but let's let's dive a little bit deeper. Like, mm-hmm. where what are the what are the roots and causes of NRE and ERE? Yeah, a good one's dopamine for sure. Yeah, for sure. New sex. Oh yeah. That like, ooh, that's a new feeling. Yeah. Generally, um, and then uh, getting to know someone mm-hmm. can really like excite you about them. Yeah. So those are like some causes, and I think that idea of. Um, Having to, like, I wouldn't say, like, having to, but, like, that perception that when you first meet someone, you need to see them a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, or that you need to, because in monoculture, you're deciding with each partner that you have, you're deciding whether or not this is going to be exclusive, mm-hmm. you know, or if it's just going to be, like, for fun. So making those assessments is kind of a part of that new relationship. Maybe not for poly people as much, but for mono people, definitely. Yeah. Um, when there's also... If we're, if we're if we're reaching into monoculture a little bit more, um, there's that constant um, like you're 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 putting on your best face. You're putting on your best. Mm-hmm. You're you're hiding all your flaws. You are you're only presenting your best attributes to this partner, um, and then as soon as you're established, you can just kind of let all that slide and just start wearing sweatpants and with mustard stains all the time because um, that's that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not I'm not saying that that's I'm not the goal promoting that right. I'm just saying that's that's. Typically, when we think of NRE, we think of putting your best face forward, presenting presenting all of your best attributes. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so so dopamine, novelty, definitely, definitely novelty, definitely exploring somebody new and finding out all of like everything you know, finding out the things that make you similar and make you different, exploring the topography of this new partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Super sweet. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think ERE, I mean, both of them just come from general, like, things that, that happen. Like, we, we didn't make this up, you know, and try to, like, create it. ERE is really that feeling that you get where, um, and generally it's negative, like, the spark is gone. But it's also a place where, like, you can just open up about what you're feeling. Like, you can feel sexy in your mustard stayed stand, uh, sweatpants. Not that I own a pair, but if I did and I were in an ERE style relationship, I could feel super comfortable just walking around in that. For sure. Super sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're open with your partner in a way that NRE kind of doesn't really allow, mm-hmm. you know, or facilitate, I guess I would say. Yeah, because I mean, the 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 exploration is is more complete than not. Like you, I mean, there are still things about your partner you may not know. Because they haven't revealed them to you, but for the most part, you have you have explored them. You have turned over all the rocks and found all the skeletons and found all their insecurities and and hopefully you know tried to avoid them. Found mm-hmm. out how not to hurt them. Found out how not to make them jealous. Um, and so with and with that comes a greater sense of security in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a schedule. Yeah. That both of you know. Oh my God, yes. That's such a good part of ERE. <laughs> it's like, I know where I'm going to be on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so good. Definitely a plus. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I actually kind of prefer ERE for that reason. Also because there's a lot less maintenance involved. It's a lot less mm-hmm. work to mm-hmm. constantly maintain. You know, a new relationship, like you said, you have to spend a lot of time with them. It's a lot of work, you know, putting your best face forward and simultaneously exploring this other person, asking them a lot of open questions, getting to know them. With a with an established relationship, all that work has been done. You've already laid the foundation. Now it's just you've identified your, your needs and the needs of your partner. and You get to enjoy them. Yeah, and it's a lot more, mm-hmm. I would say, efficient, and it yeah. allows you to explore other parts of your life. Jonathan Walker, the human robot. Yeah, exactly. Maximum efficiency in yeah. all relationships. It's the only thing that I shoot for ever. Um, I think it is maximum. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry about the yacht. Um, I think it is maximum efficiency and that's true. But for me, I just love like the security and kind of that feeling of like when you know things about your partner and you've learned things about them and yourself during the NRE stage, when you get into the ERE, you kind of feel like um, this, like it's all of the things that you discovered are like a gift, you know, like you get like you get to say like, oh, I remember when I found that out about them and like look at that quirk that they have and mm-hmm. like and it's this really sort of like. Um, beautiful synchronicity that you get to experience with them that attaches to NRE in a way because you were in that phase but now you get to reap the rewards you know with a little less friction and a lot more trust and compassion and understanding of them it's kind of like getting to hack them Mm -hmm. a little bit like once you know all those things then you kind of know how to like um, treat them and ideally you're treating them and getting treated in the way that you want to be and you guys learn how to do that together, so right. it continues to like multiply the love. Not right. Not only do you figure out what um, what gets your partner in a bad mood, but f- you figure out exactly what to do when they're mm-hmm. in that bad mood to get them out of it faster, or help them in it. Yeah, or yeah. Because some people don't want to be in a good mood, Johnny. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> that's fair. I'm just saying, like, um, you gotta learn that. And right for for my partner, I know 
exactly what to do in different situations to to help her cope with stress or to mitigate it or eliminate it. Um, so like pretty much feeding her like she just like I, I just cook her food nice. and I and I and I pat her head and she's and she's all better. That's that's what she needs. She's she's hungry more likely than not. She's just hungry. I just make her food and she's good. But but that's that's another um, indicator of ERE is knowing like knowing your partner, knowing exactly like you say to how to hack them, how to mm-hmm. how to get them back into a good he- good headspace if that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Super sweet. Mm-hmm. It's established. Mm-hmm. The rules and the boundaries and the expectations and the emotions have been established. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can go from ERE to NRE? Absolutely. With the same person? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so a couple of thoughts on that. Um, yeah, first of all, yes, I think that's absolutely possible. But again, if we're talking about, uh, NRE being founded on novelty, it will likely require that you find new experiences to -hmm. share with your partner. So find a new common interest or a new hobby to engage in or new kinds of weird sex to have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I mean, Otherwise, you're you you've already it's it's old territory, right? Otherwise, you've already explored everything. So I think absolutely, I think you can experience NRE with a, with any partner as long as you continue to find new things to do or new things to try mm-hmm. and new new and novel aspects of your partner to explore with them. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Cool, super sweet. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk about the cons? <gasps> You mean there are downsides to these? (laughs) No, everything is perfect and nothing's ever bad. Right. Um, Sure. So let's talk about them. Yeah, let's talk about their downsides. All right. So NRE, what are the- We're all having like war flashbacks. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. (laughs) Remember? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So NRE, NRE cons, go. What do you got? Oh, man. What do you got? I have a hard time. Oh? Oh, what's that thing you said about meth? Meth? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Before we started talking, because um, I need that for my story. So like, I don't actually have the scientific journal to cite here. So if I'm wrong, I'm hoping one of our listeners will correct me on this. But um, just based on uh, a friend of mine, um, apparently NRE and the massive dopamine release that you get when you're like making out with a new partner is really similar to being high on methamphetamine mm-hmm. on a neurochemical level. So also like it's highly addictive. And yeah. Yeah. So on that note, I get really addicted to NRE. Like I love it. And I didn't realize that that was the what I was doing cuz when I was solo poly, mm-hmm. you know, I would uh and I'm like ashamed to admit this, but like I would be in a relationship, the NRE would fizzle out and I'd be like, "Okay, next one." And I'd like, you know, either bail or just like find a new partner for the cue and kind of not really intentionally think about why I was doing it, but it was cuz I was like feeding on that the new relationship energy and that's yeah. like all I wanted. So I was really um, using people and looking over them. And now hopefully I don't do that anymore. Um, so that was a problem that I had. And now in my most recent relationship, I realized um, that my NRE caused me to like really isolate myself from mm-hmm. like all the things that were bad in the world, mm-hmm. you know? So I um, stopped doing things that had a negative impact on me or that potentially could so that I could really foster the NRE and like make sure it never went out, you know, which Mm -hmm. was super controlling. Um, and it makes you crazy. Like you don't know what you're, you're not making 
choices that you would normally make because you're in such a state of like euphoria all the time, mm-hmm. you know. So you behave poorly occasionally. I would I would yeah, I would agree with that. I would say you're you're at least more likely to make I don't want to say bad decisions, but <laughs> decisions that aren't decisions that you wouldn't normally make. Mm-hmm. So like decisions that factor in all other parts of your life. So like you say when you're isolating yourself. So decisions that might involve the needs of other partners or other aspects of your life. So there's a higher chance of neglecting other things that are important to you besides this new fabulous partner that you're exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, Which can be especially hard dating mono people because sometimes that NRE will get so like intense and exciting with that person mm-hmm. and they don't want to be poly. And I'm like, well, maybe I could just, you know, Ooh, I, I considered that, that all the time. Um, it doesn't end up working out that way most of the time. Sure. But it's like, I don't want to lose this person. And, oh, I really like them, you know? And I have to like tell myself like Brit, maybe I could just change everything about myself for them. <laughs> it's just NRE. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spell so that's kind of unique to poly people i hadn't considered that before Mm -hmm. um the compromises that you'll make for your lifestyle even in this last relationship he was all poly open but i found myself not pursuing other things as much because i didn't want to deal with whatever it came like i didn't want to taint the nre you Mm -hmm. know like i didn't want it to like take detract from what the excitement that was going on and then i wake up from the nre and i'm looking around i'm like what's what have I been doing this whole time? You know, I've been making that sacrifice and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being detrimental because I was blinded by the light. Wrapped up like a douche in the... What's the song? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's definitely douche. That's <laughs> the only thing I know about it. Um, another... another. Um, oh, man, I lost it. It's gone. It's gone forever. Whatever oh that no, was. because yep. I said douche. Yep. Every That's time. just like my, my six-year-old brain. It's like, ha <laughs> <laughs> douche. <laughs> That's great. That's Yeah, that is good. So sometimes <laughs> in NRE, I will make compromises that I wouldn't normally make, as well as decisions I wouldn't normally make, like risks. I remember. I remember. Hold okay, on. Okay, go. I was just quick. killing time. No, no, no. That's fine. Um, So another major downside to NRE is if there isn't anything substantial underneath the NRE, like if there isn't a genuine connection or you don't genuinely have like underlying things in common or shared values, as soon as that NRE fizzles... That's it. Yeah. Like the relationship is more or less over. Rather than transitioning into ERE. Right. Which would be, you know, like the healthy, uh, ideal, perfect case. Right. So like if we're comparing, you know, if, if we're saying ERE is like a, a nice big bonfire that's been cooking for a while and it's well established, NRE is like a, a, a gas fire that like mm. explodes and it's huge and powerful and hot and then it's gone what a great fucking metaphor yeah i know this Did you is just why i'm here just no, no 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 that's that's oh, okay. been no <laughs> we we've been using that in group for a while oh yeah it's really good yeah it's excellent yeah so there has to be like underlying fuel there has to be like underlying things in common in order to keep that fire going beyond nre yeah mm-hmm. interesting yep it's a dangerous game we play it is so those are some of the downsides of nre what are some downsides of ere um or can you not think of any because you're in such no, a good relationship? No, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, of, of course there are. Of course there are. Um, I mean, <laughs> so in the same way that NRE might lead you towards 
bad decisions or you know it might burn out ere there's probably a higher likelihood of stagnation or boredom or taking your partner for granted or I don't know, losing the spark. So, like, just because, you know, we, we kind of poo-poo the idea of losing the spark doesn't mean it can't happen. It is possible to to run out of novelty and then just get in a rut and mm-hmm. just kind of do the same thing over and over again. So if you're not actively looking for new experiences and new challenges and new, you know, new boundaries to overcome with your partner, there's the chance that you're just going to get bored in the relationship. Um I think I think everybody deals with that at some point, mm-hmm. um, or at least if you don't, you're incredibly lucky. Yeah, um, I think with ERE, there's also a sense of like because there's so much, um, like because on a pedestal sits the NRE. Sometimes when you feel ERE, you can find yourself resenting your partner or resenting yourself mm-hmm. for the inability to experience the NRE. You know, mm-hmm. and we see that a lot in culture. Um, like in rom-coms, you know, the uh, the lonely housewife is like, oh, I don't get butterflies anymore. Like, it's just not the same, you know. Or the guy is like, you know, we don't have the same kind of sex. You know, like stuff like that is kind of looked down on to the point where we internalize it. And it can create resentment for ourselves and our, and our partner when we lose the NRE and we're in the ERE. So you can kind of miss the benefits because you're so deep in the ERE and you don't really know how to find what's good in it, you know. Yeah. But it's nothing to be guilty or ashamed of. It's a natural progression. Right. I, would say, I mean, my current relationship is the longest one that I've ever been in. And we have had to find new things to found our relationship on. Because it's not, it's not built around crazy, unique, novel sex anymore. Um, I would say towards the beginning of the relationship, it... it it was pretty close to being more or less founded around just unique sex and, and just being novel around each other. Um, but now that's, that's, we're not really novel to each other anymore. You know, we know each other really well. We have incredible communication, but like, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of uncharted territory. Um, and so we had to find new things to found a relationship on and say, what, what are the things that we get out of each other? And we get stability. We get the comfort of knowing that we have somebody to count on, somebody that we can always talk to and trust and tell everything to. Um, so unless, unless you're able to do that, I'd mm-hmm. say that's, that's a pretty major con. Unless you're able to find new things, new those new bedrocks, those new values, those new common interests to found the relationship on, it's, it's going to fizzle out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's another thing is like uh, communicating about it. Mm-hmm. Like when you see the NRE and the ERE kind of having that overlapping area where it's getting to the point where you're transitioning out of one and into the other, saying something about it could be so helpful, mm-hmm. you know, so that your partner, partners, you know, uh, parenthesis, S parenthesis, they know that you're going through it too. Like you can navigate it with them. Mm-hmm. I think leaving it up in the air and not talking about it, if you can sense it, or not being open to the transition can make it more difficult than it needs to be, you know, mm-hmm. and stigmatized a little. Hmm. 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 So let's, uh, I, I'm something, something else I want to... No, let's hum a little more. No, yeah. Um, so what do you do when... And I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like, be super vulnerable with this and, because uh, this is something we've been dealing with lately. What do you do when you're in an established relationship and 
the sex slows down and you know you're you have a lot of sexual interest with new partners but not a lot with the established partners how do you how do you work around that what do i do yeah i don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> again this is just me so like anybody in the anybody in the listening audience that can appreciate that um this is something that i had to go through and uh i had to kind of you know deal with that deal with thinking that you know my my sex drive was just slowing down in general it wasn't it was just slowing down with this particular relationship because we weren't doing anything to foster it we weren't doing anything to mm. to how did you realize that did you communicate about it yeah ding 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 hey look at that you brought it up there's almost, it's almost like there's a reason that we keep <laughs> advocating active <laughs> communication within the relationship um but yeah i had to go to my partner and be like all right so i have some new data um i had assumed I, this knowing I, you and your partner i know that's exactly what you that's exactly said. what the fuck i said i'm not kidding i said all right so i have some new data uh i do have a sex drive as it turns out uh it's just with this new partner so what does that mean for us what do we what what do we do with this with this new information and from there we were able to work past it but that is so fucking beautiful i mean i mean you know um so the thing that worked for us was just, first of all, having a goddamn conversation about it, and then um, like really exploring like what it was that, that made us sexually interested in each other in the first place, and doing more of those things. So going on more dates, spending more quality time together, not just like sitting next to each other and working, or cleaning mm -hmm. the house, yeah. but like deliberately like going out and getting dinner, mm -hmm. having, having conversations that are different than the ones we usually have. Finding a new TV series to watch, things like that. Um, again, increasing the novelty factor. That's really sweet and beautiful. Definitely take a page from your book. Yeah, do it. I, uh, yeah, I don't think I've been in a relationship long enough ever to have <laughs> <laughs> that conversation, you know. So I don't think I provide any insight. But mm -hmm. I can't. Here's what I can provide insight to: is when you are in. So I've been. This is the side of the spectrum I've been on. I'm having NRE with someone who mm. is in a relationship that they have ERE with their partner mm. and that creates jealousy for me because mm. I'm not at that point with that partner and ah. I see it and I'm like, Oh, like, Oh, and so I have that little, you know, and we talk about it and we get through and we communicate about it, but sure. that's an obstacle from the NRE side. Then take that mirror reflection side of that. Mm -hmm. There's someone with ERE with a partner who mm -hmm. has this new partner that has NRE mm -hmm. that can also create jealousy. Yep. Um, so those, I think that's actually, I'm surprised we're waiting till the end to talk about this. That's a really good point though. And something that I don't think is commonly considered is that there could be jealousy both directions. in both directions. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I didn't even think about that, honestly. Yeah. And when you're in an ER, NRE situation, you may not want to bring it up, you know, because you don't want to seem like the NRE is like, you don't want to taint it, you know? And if you're in the ERE situation, you don't want to like rock the boat. But it's mm -hmm. so important to just say something because, I mean, just like we say all the time, it's either insecurity or possessiveness. And it's a little nugget that once you talk it out will be it'll improve both relationships. It'll strengthen the ERE and it will like magnify and heat up the NRE mm -hmm. if you just talk about it and find out like where it's coming from. And even just be even if the jealousy doesn't go away, just knowing that you have that with mm -hmm. all your partners is like super sweet. You know, like it's this connection that you wouldn't otherwise get. And that connection can help foster both of the relationships and not leave anyone to be neglected. Sure. Um, a, 
a buddy of mine likes to use the metaphor, um, you know, if you're if you're a cowboy, you can't ride into a little western town that you've never been to before and expect to have the same respect and rapport as the sheriff. Mm-hmm. They've been there longer. They've established their reputation. They have more pull than you. That's okay. Also, though, you're new. You bring with you new ideas, new experiences. So there is a dynamic give and take there. Both both things have value. Both NRE and ERE are incredibly value. And we as poly people are in the unique position of experiencing both of those things simultaneously with either the same person or with, with new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning about them and, and giving them a name and I- learning to identify like what they're built around is, is really key on, you know, mitigating the effects of NRE and also revitalizing your ERE. Um, I think both are really important. Yeah. Super sweet. Yeah. That's a good one. I feel like if you haven't defined any of those in your relationships yet, you're about to, and it'll be fun. Hooray. It'll be exciting. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, this was a fun one to talk about and vent about. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear your experiences with your NRE and your ERE and your coping mechanisms. I definitely don't mind doing an episode twice. So if you guys have stuff you want to contribute or talk about, I will come on this microphone and I'll talk about it with you. Um, so please reach out, polywantapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I'm always sharing some dope content, even if it's not just a podcast episodes. I just like to to find poly stuff on the internet and talk about it. Um, so I'd love for you to be a part of that. Please come to our show on February 25th at the rec room. Woo. It's going to be a lot of fun, lots of comics, lots of entertainment, lots of art, um, and a bar, which yeah. is important. Yes, very much so. Uh, so I'm drunk right now. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> yeah. Johnny is always drunk. Yep. And something. Um, that it's coffee I brought you. You're welcome. Yeah. Coffee's definitely my drug. Caffeine I'm trying drunk. to cut back. I'm sure you've heard me throughout this episode and the previous one. I've been yawning like a motherfucker because mm. I'm cutting back on caffeine and I'm tired. Um, thanks you to Houston, thank you to Houston Polyamorous Organization for sponsoring us. Please check them out on the internet. And um, thank you to Jawi. J- Jawi. Thank you, Yahweh. <laughs> thank you, Yahweh. For, for the gift you. of life. <laughs> Praise you, Yahweh. Um. <laughs> and there goes our Jewish demographic. <laughs> Man. Um, thank you to Jay Walker Coaching. Check him out on the internet. Go get coached by him. He's a god. He's a superhero. Um, his website's really cool looking, and there's packages on there that you can check out. And mm-hmm. then um, thank you to the Mockingbird Network for hosting us. Please go to the Mockingbird Network and check out the other shows. They are so dope. Uh, if you haven't listened yet to Ryan's Crush Corner, that's a really cute one. And he uh, interviews me on the first episode, I think, if you want to go listen to that. But he also interviews other women that he has crushes on, and it's really cute and enlightening. So go check out Mockingbird Network and all their dope stuff. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. I love you. Bye. Mocking Bird Network.